below. I... I don't like things that are imperfect. I don't like things that aren't well put together or not pleasing to the eye. My story is not pleasing to take in. If I was to lay out all of the events, which I'm going to try and do in the smallest amount of time possible, you would learn very quickly that apart from God's grace and his work in my life, my story is ugly. It's so very ugly. Starting at the beginning, I was the second oldest kid um, of a very large family. My mom and my dad, uh, they had a kid pretty much every other year um, for most of my childhood. So there are 11 of us all together. And with each kid, I learned very quickly that less attention was given to me with every new kid that came along. And my selfishness, my pride, my anger just grew so much in that time frame because I was a horrible person. <laughs> I had horrible tendencies. And at the root of it all, my first introduction to sin would be twofold. Uh, would be lying. I became very good at lying as a kid. But also, uh, my little brother. Uh, I'm not going to name which one he is. Some of you might uh, know who I'm talking about. But we would butt heads tremendously growing up. I would try and do the right thing, the good thing. And uh, he was always the the other side of the argument of, but we can do this, and we can get away with this, and this is how we can go about it. And I listened to him a lot, and my friendship, my relationship with him was a constant battle of, should I listen to him today, or should I not listen to him today? We grew up um, in churches for most of my life. Uh, my dad was a pastor for, I think, 20 plus years or so. And so the the imagery of perfection was just, it was kind of the unspoken rule in our family's household. If you didn't do things right, and if you didn't have a, a, a an image of this is what God wants from you, uh, you're doing it wrong. And so I grew to craft uh, that image as well as I could throughout the years. And there was uh, a, a specific point in time that I would call a salvation moment, as some people have deemed it as. But um, in all honesty, I remember telling my parents that I wanted to pray the prayer of salvation um, 
purely for the reason that I knew that my little brother would do the same thing. And if I knew I was okay and I was on my way to heaven, but I was severely worried for his well-being. <laughs> little snapshot of my personality growing up. Um, I was a goody two-shoes. I had little to no friends because I had a very convicting personality. I would point out the sin in other people's lives, but whenever it was reciprocated for me, I would challenge it. I would defend it. I would have all my Bible verses out and be like, no, I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. And, but you're wrong and you really need to know that. I was not liked growing up at all, um, in many shapes and forms. But it really isn't until uh, my teenager years is where things really started to bend to the point of breaking. So we ended up moving from Michigan out to New York um, in 2011, I believe, 2011 or 2012. And in that time frame, I lost all my uh, close friends that I had. And I was just ripped from my location. I, I was placed in another location. And through that tension in my life, uh, I saw clearly the tension in my family. My siblings were um, at odds with each other a lot, a lot more than they normally would be. And I saw my, my parents... Uh, there was just great tension um, at that point in our life, and I didn't like what I couldn't control. I learned very quickly that anything that I couldn't control, I didn't want to be a part of. And so it was kind of twofold. I began to uh, isolate myself as much as I could because I could control my surroundings if it was just me, myself, and I. And then uh, the outcomes that I couldn't control, I would still do everything in my power to manipulate or lie or uh, cheat or bend the rules, look for loopholes, whatever it took to get what I wanted, which was control primarily. And so a lot of things in my high school years, which just really spiraled, I, I lost a lot of trust. I broke a lot of friendships. I hurt a lot of relationships that I had built. I... I did a lot of things wrong. There's a lot of regret, a lot of shame that came with it. Um things that I would hide and I would cover up, things that were disgusting, <laughs> things that were so frowned upon in, so, in our society, and I just didn't care. Me knowing uh, all that about myself, it's, it's really hard to look back on now, but this is where the story shifts, and this is where... <laughs> uh, I do my best to rest <laughs> uh, um, through majority of my life is on this truth is God really grabbed my heart and he wrestled me to the ground. Um, I've worked at camps for a majority of my life and in one of those summers I had 
an amazing mental breakdown. I, a weird fact about me, I hate not wearing shoes. And I was wearing, I was just out in my socks outside in the forest. And I was just yelling and screaming at God. There was just so much about what I had been told in churches, things I had been told from my family, from my parents, from siblings, my friends, just things just weren't adding up. If God was good and if God was in all control, how could he let me do these things? How could he let me hurt these people? How could he let these bad things happen to me? How could a good God do fill in the blank? And I remember um, one of my uh, fellow staff members, he was kind of our, our staff dad, if you will. And uh, he, he kept poking and he kept prodding and he kept asking me different very specific and pointed questions trying to see if I actually believed what I said I believed and uh, a lot of things just didn't add up and I had to come to a moment in time where I had to admit I clearly <laughs> no matter how well my image of perfection was crafted I clearly did not have things together and I had to admit that I was broken. I had to admit that I was a sinner. I had to admit to my shortcomings of lust and greed and pride and just control. I had to surrender. And it did not happen <laughs> overnight. It has been happening on a daily basis uh, since then. I've since then uh, it been a... Uh, a child of divorce now my parents ended up getting a divorce and that ripped uh, a little part of uh, my my being and my character as well i've been a part of uh, a failed church plant i've been a part of a missionary trip that i got kicked off of due to my uh, sinful past i've uh, been uh a teacher at a daycare. I've been a youth specialist over at a rehabilitation center for juvenile delinquents. I've worked in factories. I've done... I've done a lot of things I didn't want to do. But I've also noticed that God has been clearly there writing the story this entire time. And that really is what it comes down to a for, come to a point for me. The story that I am living and breathing right now today is going to be the same story I walk into tomorrow. It's going to be the same story I was a part of yesterday. God's redemption story for me personally is incredible. There are a lot of opportunities that I should have never had. Just clear as day. There were... Um, there were sins that God clearly wiped the slate clean for me that I never should have had that opportunity. I've gotten to encourage and challenge and teach kids and students of all different ages that they should never have listened to me. And yet, the experiences and the sin and the challenges and the trials that I have experienced and witnessed um, I know how to help point others to God now clear because of it. 
Um, I can relate on different levels that I never wanted to relate on. But yet, this is how the story goes. In order for there to be a redemption arc in my story, there needs to be something that I was redeemed from. I was redeemed from my pride, my greed, my lust, my disgusting habits, my laziness, my fears. God had to redeem me from that to bring me to where I am right now. And I'm not perfect. By no means am I any more perfect than I was yesterday. No. But I'm so grateful that God is continuously working on me. The piece of art that I am that he crafted me to be. I'm still a work in progress. And he's going to continue this work in me until the rest of my life is finished on this earth. And I can go to the next part of the story. I say this to encourage you. If you're watching this, you're human, most likely. And you have a story. I don't know if you've acknowledged your redemption portion of your story yet. I don't know if you can um, admire the crap that you've walked through up until this point. But I guarantee that the story that God has written for you is a story that needs to be told. You don't need to be an articulate writer. You don't need to be... Uh, a very talented songwriter. You don't need to be a filmmaker by any means to tell your story. You just need to acknowledge where you've been, what God did to change your direction and where you're going. That's what you need. So this is a call to you. A call to action, if you will. For all the heroes that are falling continuously every day, Today is a day to tell your story. And as cheesy as that sounds, I'm going to challenge you with this. Tell your story. Let it be imperfect. Let like God do with it as he will. And that is story truly worth telling.